When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good Risings, I'm Liz Earnshaw, and this is Hash It Out. Happy Thursday! Can you believe it's already almost the end of the week? This week, we've been exploring intimacy, and rather than using it as a code word for sex, we've been opening up the possibility of what intimacy can really encompass the ways in which we feel close with someone and special to them. We've looked at emotional intimacy, experiential intimacy, and today we are going to talk about sex. Dear Liz, I've had a sexless marriage for seven years. I think we have a major difference in desire and sex drive. It makes me really sad and I'm not sure what to do. Sex is important to me, but doesn't seem important to my partner. I'm positive that there is no affair, and I know my partner loves me. Do you have any thoughts? Dear Love Learner, you're not alone in this. In fact, discrepancy in desire is the number one issue that we hear couples face when they want to focus on their sex life together. It's very common for one person to feel as if they want more sexual activity in their relationship than the other person. This can create conflict and loneliness and frustration, which can create multi-layered complexity. Not only are you trying to navigate the sexual aspects of the relationship, but you likely are going to navigate the emotional impact that that's created over the past several years. A lot of the work here will be figuring out what's going on. You know, what does each person need? How can you navigate these differences in desire, initiation, and so forth? In an ideal world, you and your partner would find ways to meet each other's needs. There are a lot of different things that can impact a couple's sex life. It's complicated. Stress, for instance, can create higher desire for some people, but it also might create lower desire for others. Being busy, tired, overstimulated, and in your head can make it really hard to transition into a sexual space and energy. Past resentments can come into play that have influenced emotional safety of one or both people. These resentments could have created turning away over time. I've talked about turning away in quite a few episodes, so make sure you check past episodes if you want to learn more about what that looks like. It's also possible that There are changes in what was a turn-on or turn-off in the beginning of the relationship until now. I would be curious to know if you've had a chance to talk about this with your partner, you know, finding out if anything has changed in terms of what they desire, what turns them on. Another reason that there might be some discrepancy is if other areas of intimacy were impacted. For example, if someone thrives off of emotional intimacy but believes they aren't getting enough of it, so then it becomes harder for them to want to be connected sexually. 
These are just a few of the reasons. There's a lot of reasons. And obviously, it takes conversation to kind of figure out what's going on here. But this is where I want to discuss desire. Many people have learned through the media that people are turned on spontaneously, that they see something sexy, and that they are ready to hop in the sack. You don't have to do anything to work at it. It's just there. Maybe you have more spontaneous desire or you are reacting to stimuli that's a turn on to you and perhaps you see how hot your partner looks and that's all you need in order to be ready for sex. That is normal and fine. However, what we know is that many people do not spontaneously get turned on. Some people are turned on within contexts and layers of experiences. For example, if you have a really good day together emotionally, that might turn your partner on. Or if there's a clean house, or if there's a feeling that the finances are okay. Other people don't feel sexual desire, and these people might find themselves as asexual. All three of these things can be normal responses for humans to have, but can of course cause challenges when they don't match up with their partner. If you and your partner have not had sex in seven years, it might be unlikely that you are going to find a way to match up 100%. But what you want to try to do is bridge the gap so that it's not distressing and conflicting and lonely as it currently is. I would be curious as to what you're each willing or able to give to resolve this issue so that you both have your needs met. I would encourage you to discuss with your partner what type of desire you think you both have. Are you willing to work towards building a sexual partnership together? Does it feel possible for your partner? If yes, you can look at the dual control model to explore what might be putting the brakes on interest. It could be stress. It could be being tired. It could be anger. If there are a lot of breaks, you are not going to go anywhere, even if you are revving on the gas. So drinking the wine, putting on sexy clothes, lighting candles is not going to override the breaks. You want to make sure that you're working on those breaks while also trying to figure out the accelerators. Maybe it's a certain type of lighting or a clean house or a lot of quality time together. My question is, what if you learn that your partner isn't willing or isn't able to change the way they engage with you sexually? You're going to have to decide, hopefully together, what this will mean for your marriage. Can you stay in a sexless marriage? And if not, are there other options that you both give consent to? Or does this mean you part ways? In this scenario, you have three choices. One is that you can truly find a way to accept what's happening with sex in your relationship. And I don't mean just to tolerate it and be miserable, but to truly find a way to accept. Another option is that you get creative. You think of other ways together that you can manage the situation so you're both getting what you need. And the third choice would be for the relationship to end. I don't know what choice is right for you, but I certainly encourage a lot of reflection and conversation so that you can figure out what's best. If you're facing a relationship dilemma and you would like to hear my thoughts, please send a voice note or an email to questions at goodrisings.com. 
I'm Liz Earnshaw, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and you can find me on Instagram at Liz Listens. Thanks for listening to Hash It Out. If you enjoyed this episode of Hash It Out, be sure to check out the other Good Risings offerings available in our feed. Until next time, love on your loved ones. And when that gets hard, tune in to me to learn how to hash it out. Good Risings is presented by Cavalry Audio. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.